liftoff and the clock has started. Welcome to That Pixel Life. This is episode 211, recording October 1st, 2022. My name is Zach Anderson, and this week we will be discussing the death of Stadia. Uh, some earlier gross-outs than expected. Um, one of the Game of the Year candidates hitting 1.0, what we've been playing, and more. Uh, to do this, I have with me, as always, Shannon Mystery Do More. Hey, what's going on? I, You know what? I can't even wait. Like all right, all right. Are we gonna guess? Are we gonna guess the flavor before you try it? You can um, try to guess the flavor. I don't. Has anybody ever successfully guessed the flavor? It's always just kind of like what you feel it is, right? I'm, I'm gonna go like a vanilla orange. I'm guessing weed and hooker spit. Well, guys, <laughs> am I weed close? and hooker spit. It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shannon keeps drinking it, so I'm guessing I was yeah. right. Well, I'm trying to figure out what it is. So, like last year's was like a Skittles. That had been like left in a Mountain Dew bottle for, you know, like a month. And this is like not as potent as that. So it's not Skittle Brow? No, but it definitely has like a little bit of like this weird, like tangy, like aftertaste that I really can't describe. It's really weird. No, no, guys. I can't. I can't pin it down. You're just going to have to try it yourselves. Do you like it, though? Like, would you drink it? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, Shannon has well, no shame. I'm not surprised by that. I mean, so I need it, my 270 calories of mainly sugar coursing through my veins right now. So is it mainly like a Skittles vibe though? Yeah, it's definitely pretty tart. Like okay. it's like a it's a it's a it's a pretty tart sweet flavor. Like a sour patch tart or Yeah, you know what? Yes. All right, there we go. Sour patch Mountain Dew confirmed. Um mm-hmm. I won't be drinking it. So <clears throat> God bless you. And you're just moving to confirm I won't be drinking that. That was two sips worth, ladies and gentlemen. And we hope Shannon can find the mute button between now and the rest of the show. No, that's that's prime audio content for this forum, sir. People uh, people want to hear my burps. My I burps disagree. My burps. Also with us is uh, Justin Spooky Season Carter. Ah, How you doing, Justin? I'm doing pretty good. You know, spooky season is upon us. It's officially October. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super excited. We're going to this next weekend. We're going to the pumpkin and chili festival out in, I think it's Schnepp, Schnepp Farms uh, here in Arizona. No, no, one, no one's going to fact check that. It's fine. Yeah, Schnepp's yeah, yeah fine. it's fine. That's great. If you live in Arizona, if you know, you know, you know. It's out near where they do uh, skydiving and shit. So. Because that makes total sense to any of us who live in California. Well, it's a pumpkin and chili festival, Shannon. <laughs> like that's all. Yeah. You, and is this chili like the dish chili or chili like the pepper chili? Like the dish chili, like okay. warm okay. chili, like meaty. Because you know, being so close to Mexico, it could be chilies. You know, like peppers. I, I could see that happening. 
Yeah, no, it's definitely the dish chili, but it's good to, you know, we go there. Um, we're going to probably pick out a couple pumpkins. They usually have, we get some bomb, like honey and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like the pumpkin pies they serve at the bakery there and stuff. We always bring a nice big one home and stuff because those are always great. And get a slice there with some uh, whipped cream on it. So good. So when you go pumpkin shopping, are you looking for like the big boys, the big chunky boys? Or are you like a small like pumpkin like little gourd guy that just reminds you of the season so it depends like in previous years we've actually gotten like big ones for carving and stuff i don't think we're going to be carving pumpkins this year so we're probably just going to get a couple of the smaller ones that will actually like still be alive through halloween and stuff just like put like on the near the front door and like whatever for when we have trick-or-treaters so not not carving pumpkins tell me justin why do you hate halloween (laughs) <laughs> no i don't i love carving pumpkins mm. um it's a lot of fun i mean usually when we've done it we go over to my parents house and then like me megan and my dad would do it and then megan gets all upset because my dad is very talented and his pumpkin and like usually we do easter eggs too like anytime we'd paint easter eggs with him she always gets mad because he's like doing some insane like pin brush like pinstriping and shit like on the side of his eggs and stuff and she's like dude mine looked like a five-year-old did it where his look fucking immaculate like it's in better homes and gardens okay wait real quick um does megan listen to this show (laughs) no (laughs) okay that's actually good because i have a bone to pick and and you can choose to bring this argument to her or not or it can stay between us no one's listening it's all All fine um so she isn't watching Rings of Power because Correct. it goes against the written material of the original books. I mean, that's my summation anyway. I'm sure there's a lot more nuance to that, but that's that's my summation, right? Yes. In a nutshell. For the most part, like there's multiple things. she. So, for instance, like one of her complaints is that, you know, the the like is weird like you know the elves are like the fair skin folk and shit so they're like i guess changing the elves because they have dark elves and whatever but her her biggest gripe about it is the fact that that the ages of like the main characters because you know they're like thousands of year old where they, they like made them children basically when they should be more adults or whatever so she just immediately does not want anything to do with it so my argument against that is she actively and ultimately what is I have no idea what just happened um so my ultimate argument against that would be she watches the hobbit movies and celebrates the hobbit movies which to my remembering I've only seen them once they're fucking garbage and there's three of them. The Hobbit is like a 200 page book. There's a lot of filler that doesn't exist in the Hobbit books or the book. Sorry. That is in the Hobbit movies, but all that's okay. All the made up shit that they just stuck in the Hobbit movies is fun. Like, I don't understand. So, you know what, Zach, I'm going to be a hundred percent real with you right <laughs> yeah. now. If she actually gave it a shot and mm-hmm. watched it, I actually think she'd like it, but it's getting her to get that far, which she she won't. It's just once she's committed to not liking something. So she's just dug into the opinion now. 
yes she's like gone and then you know people on tiktok who also share the same opinion have justified her claims so she has no reason to think otherwise okay okay because it just the whole argument falls apart when i consider how much she loves the hobbit movies and, no, and like I said, she religiously watches the original trilogy yeah. and the Hobbit movie. I've seen oh, her blast she, she, through an entire weekend, all six of the movies. So when you guys were at my house, she was like, oh, Hobbit threw it on and started watching it. I was yep. just like, mm. yeah, it is on <laughs> all the time. Well, I feel bad for you because those movies are trash, but um <laughs> But we can move on. We can move I was on. like, that. I was like, Megan really likes both you and Shannon, and I want yeah. to come back out. I'm like, please don't be on her list. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm on the like Happy Gilmore list. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, all it takes is that one sentence to get black books. All right, all right. Well, we will not bring this argument to Megan. That's fine. Um, so, thank you guys for carrying the torch last week because I was sick as hell. Like, oh my god. Uh, not COVID, thankfully, but I have had a rough week. Like, it was one of those just, like, ripping cough, like, you know, snot pouring out of your head. Yeah, like, it, you have you, you wake up every morning and you have to do the full evacuation routine mm-hmm. of, like, oh, I'm coughing up this, and this is just pouring out of my face because after eight hours of laying down, like, it all collected. It was, uh, it was not fun. It was, you know, it was not a good time. So thank yeah. you guys for holding it down. Isn't it funny after like, you know, this whole COVID thing of like two and a half years of like wearing masks and, you know, uh, um, using the, you know, hand sanitizers and keeping everything clean and sterilized. Like our bodies don't know how to fight the common cold anymore. It's like we just get something that's not COVID and we get hammered for, for yeah. it. Well, and you know, the kids are back in school, so they just bring everything home again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, right. That's what this is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. It's like, dad, look how many pennies I can fit in my mouth. And you're like, yeah. great. <laughs> like, I have to deal with this for the rest of the week. You're like, oh, wash wash my hands after playing in the dirt. No, thank you. I'm I'm good over here. Hey, dad, hold my drink. I'm going to go lick the bottom of my shoe for 10 minutes. <laughs> right. Oh, like my, my son, who's old enough to fucking know better, like, <laughs> We'll just sit there absentmindedly sitting at dinner, like grabbing his shoes and then like eating his food with the same hands. And it's like, I, every time I see him, I'm like, get up and wash your goddamn it. What are you doing? Like, and Justin is absent. Justin, you got a knife? Yeah, he's absentmindedly playing with a knife, which is concerning. <laughs> uh, it's a letter opener, but it's shaped like cloud sword. So it's okay. Oh. Or not Cloud Sword, uh, fuck, uh, whatever 8, yes, there we go, Final Fantasy 8. Wow, see, I got that right off the top of my head, oof. Well, you know, if it was Sephiroth, then it'd be cool, but... (laughs) True, it wouldn't fit on the desk then, though. (laughs) I mean, yeah, every time you open a letter... It'd be coming through the window behind you, yeah, totally. All right, all right, that's cool, nerd check, pass, okay, we're good. (laughs) Um... So, yeah, uh, I wanted to discuss since we are in October and I don't think we've talked about it yet. What what are your uh, guys spooky season go to's like what's your what's your October go to media like you got movies, games, things you do. 
yeah, I, uh, I watched Charlie uh, in the Pumpkin Patch, or was it the, the Great Pumpkin? Charlie Brown and the Charlie Great Pumpkin, the Pumpkin King, King or whatever. Um, I watched that shit. Uh, it kind of sucks though that Apple has it now, so you got to pay for it um, yeah. to to watch it. Well, we have that Apple Plus thing, mm-hmm. you know, so we just yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, we do that. Um, usually, I try to find the best pumpkin for pumpkin seeds, and usually, I'm very mm-hmm. disappointed by the pumpkin seeds that I get from my pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Um, but making pumpkin seeds and uh, carving some uh, jack o' lanterns is usually pretty, uh, pretty cool. But other than mm-hmm. that, I stay the fuck away from all that scary shit that's on TV. I don't like it. I mean, yeah. So, so you're not doing the new Hellraiser with me and Justin next week? Mm, no, not, okay. not, no. No, uh, I mean no, uh, no. <laughs> and, and and Justin, as someone that celebrates horror movies year round, do you have like comfort ones that you go to during October? I mean, I always really like the classics. You know, like the original Halloween is always like a perfect one. Especially, you know, I just rewatch. Like I said the other week, I just watched Halloween H two O, which has always been <laughs> like, look, it's one of my favorites. Like I know people kind of love it. I'd love to ask why, but I feel like we don't have enough time. (laughs) I just think, like, I just enjoy, I think, like, the jump scares in it still really hold up. I think it's more entertaining to watch than, like, Halloween 1 is, like, a masterpiece. And then Mm -hmm. 2 was good. And then, like, everything after, like, 3 through 6 were just kind of, like, the 3 has nothing to do with Michael Myers anyway. And then, like, four, five, and six, like, Curse of Michael Myers. But once you start getting into the cult of Michael Myers and whatever, it really falls off for me. Sure. And then Halloween H2O is kind of like a return, which, if you think about it, Halloween H2O, in a sense, is kind of like the reboot that they did for, like, the new one. Even though the second one kind of sucked, the original reboot for two that they did, the first movie in the new trilogy, was really good. And it's almost the same premise of years later and you know, uh, Lori confronting Michael finally and not running away anymore and doing like a final stand down with him. It's like that same premise just done in a more modern setting. Is, Are you... is H2O oh. the first one with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis back? Is that that one? Uh, yes, I think so. Because after, yeah, because I think that's like the first time that was why it was like a big deal. And then she, they said that if she was going to do H2O, she like ended up signing a contract for another one, which is why she unfortunately was in Resurrection. And that's why she wanted to be killed off in the first like 15 minutes of that movie. Just, but hey. she's back, isn't in the new one, isn't she? Well, yeah, no, in the new trilogy, she's back. I, I was more talking about for H2O and stuff when she came, but she is in the new ones. And so it's, the final wait, showdown. Wait. So so Jamie Lee Curtis's character in an alternate timeline for the Mike Myers like series dies. Yes. So in the original Halloween <laughs> movie, yes. I feel, I feel or- like I need the like uh the <laughs> only sunny corkboard with the yeah. with the red strings. <laughs> yes. So in the original before all the reboot, so there's the original Halloween mm-hmm. timeline that starts mm-hmm. with Halloween and ends with resurrection. And in that mm-hmm. entire timeline, there's Halloween one through six, and then H2O happens, which happens like twenty years after the events of one. And not then, just the clever title. Yes. Yes. Not just a clever title. And then resurrection happens 
And then at the end of resurrection, like at the very beginning of resurrection, Michael comes for her and she's in a psych ward and she's like, you fuck you. I won't give you the satisfaction. And then like jumps from the roof of the psych ward and kills herself. And so she dies at the very beginning of that movie. And then that was that. And then Rob Zombie did the reboot, which was Halloween one and two, which was like the beginning of Michael Myers and whatever. And the second one was utter garbage and we don't even talk about it. And then they did the hard reboot of <laughs> Halloween two, which negates everything after Halloween one from the original timeline. So Halloween one happened and then the new Halloween two happened and then they did Halloween kills and then now Halloween ends, which comes out this month. So like Halloween finale. got like, so Halloween got the fast and the furious like treatment where like, yeah, they did, uh, <laughs> where it's like a sequel, but it's also a reboot at the same time thing. That's what they did for Halloween to got Michael it. to Myers. Yes. <laughs> uh, man, those Rob zombie ones were trash. God damn. I, so everyone bad. like everyone hates them. I actually really like the first one. I don't know what it is. I actually enjoy it for what okay. it is. But this doesn't need to be in spoilers. Have either one of you watched the monsters? No, the new one. I, no. Yeah. I couldn't get through fucking 15 minutes, dude. It's so bad. Like it's so bad. First off, why does it look like that? It looks like a fucking eighties porno movie. Like it's shot that way. And it's obviously on purpose. And there's no like reason for it. It's just it's it's an art it's an artistic choice and a horrible one. And I've I've made the decision I'm never gonna watch another project his wife is in. Like she she's awful. Like she's well, yeah. just so that's bad. why I couldn't watch Halloween too, is because her role literally ruined it for me. I was like, yeah. she's not even alive. Like it's a ghost, and it's like you're just forcing her in here any fucking way you can. Oh, it, the. Uh, I think I, I believe our own uh, Steve Whittacombe, aka Mr. Alarm, watched the entire thing. I don't know how he got through it. I, I don't understand. It was one of those I had a half hour, and I'm like, I'm going to throw this on, and I didn't make a half hour. <laughs> like, it was it was unwatchably bad. Like, oh my god! But I just had we. Sorry, Rob Zombie came up. I just had to get that off my chest because, whoo boy, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, do we do we want to talk about some other bad news? It's while we're talking about bad movies. Well, uh, I mean, sure, we can do that. <laughs> I don't uh, know. I'm trying my hand at segways. I know you guys are like the segway kings. Like, I just I just thought I'd, I'd put a shot on goal. It d- didn't have to go in. I mean, well, I mean, I haven't mentioned anything of I watch, but that's fine. <laughs> um, well, I, I do want to know though, Zach. Before before we move on to that, what what is something that you watch around the spooky season? So I I do love uh, Hellraiser one and two. I I usually will revisit those. Those are classics in my mind. Um, I have awful movies that I do love though. Like there is this eighties movie called Pieces that is it's so bad, but in like every glorious way. It's like the cheapest movie it's it's about a guy who okay follow me on this premise as a child he was building a puzzle of a naked lady and then his mom caught him and beat the living hell out of him fast forward we're dealing with an adult who is uh killing women and taking pieces of the body and putting them together in a puzzle-like fashion so you have the serial killer killing ladies, taking 
hacking chunks out of them and rebuilding them in a Frankenstein-esque way to make his own puzzle, right? It's bad. It's cheesy as hell. I, it's funny, though. Like, it's it's so it's so bad at doing the horror part that it's hilarious. You know, so you're kind of watching it almost like a comedy. And then the ultimate, you know, dude gets caught, uh, killed, and they find his creation and they're like, oh, Jesus. Blah, blah. And then it comes to life. And that's like the shocking end. And it's like, oh, yes. Oh, it's so dumb. It's so great. Uh, I I do love Hellraiser 3 for the stupidest Cenobites ever created, like CD head and all that stuff. It's it's hilarious. And um, but other like good horror movies, I, The Witch. The Witch has become a, a, a slow classic or fast classic in my in my house. And by my house, I mean me. And then, yeah, there's the animated ones, you know, like Nightmare Before Christmas and Great Pumpkin. Uh, the one I would recommend that is actually scary, even though it's a children's one, Garfield Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you talking about that. Yeah. If you haven't seen Garfield Halloween, maybe don't watch it with kids because that shit is traumatizing, but like, it's pretty damn scary. It's pretty good. It's pretty. And the animation like shockingly kicks ass for Garfield. Um, You know, it doesn't kick ass though, gentlemen. Uh, There it is. (laughs) Google has shut down Stadia and it came out of nowhere. Uh, Totally out of left field. It's funny though because I, I put it on Twitter and and I actually kind of meant it. I didn't realize Stadia was still a thing. I didn't realize it it was going still. Um, now I mean it shouldn't be surprising to anyone that that Stadia has shut down because I legitimately in the years it has been running have never seen one person use it. I've never seen one. I don't know anyone that has tried it and like you know, doing this show for a while. I've talked to a lot of people that play a lot of games and I mean, maybe you guys do, but I've never have. And, uh, I think, you know, with, uh, tech, the tech industry turning the way it has over the last year, as far as finances and stuff goes, I bet you Google just was like, yeah, we're done throwing money at this. We're, we're going to just lop this off. And, you know, it joins the, uh, the cast of failed Google products like Google Wave and all that stuff from way back in the day. Remember when Google was going to make their own social network? That was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Wave was their like Twitter competitor that lasted you know six months. And then uh, yeah, so it. I do think it's really cool of them because they didn't have to. They're basically like, hey, if you bought stuff, we're refunding you, and it, essentially everything but the like premium membership. But it's like, hey, if you bought hardware, we're giving you your money back. If you bought games, we're giving you your money back. Like, don't, like, you're not going to be on the hook for any of that, which is kind of insane. But at the same time, tells me that maybe that's not that much. <laughs> you know, like, maybe we're not talking millions of units in that case. Uh, what, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I know one person in my mm. Facebook, like, circle of people that had bought it and since they had bought it crickets like yeah 
nothing. Like absolutely zero coverage, zero gameplay, zero anything. Um, I'm glad that they're going that route that you know they're reimbursing people who invested in their in their stuff so that they're not just kind of in the lurch like when i heard hardware i was like wait a minute there was hardware that went along with that and then i just remember that they had the controller but i yep. don't think there were any other peripherals for uh they made like a, a specialized google chrome like puck that could attach to your tv that was supposed to be like optimized to run stadia hmm but outside of that, I don't I think that was like the only two things. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, that makes things a little easier to to absorb. But yeah, I mean, Google makes so much money like this is I mean, this was always just a tax write off for them just to see if it could be profitable. But it wasn't going to put them in the lurch if it wasn't successful. Um, so, you know, they'll just absorb all that cost and write it off and get a whole bunch of money back and it'll be cool for them. And then they'll try something else. Um, you know, video games. They're they're a hard market to crack into, and if you're not going to devote yourself fully to it, then it's it's not going to work out in your favor. So you know they're doing the right thing. I'm happy for it, but yeah, I thought this thing was dead in the water like two years ago. Um, yeah, and and you know it was to be fair, like you you weren't wrong. So, uh, Justin, as a, as a game developer, do you have any thoughts about? Uh, well, speaking of game developers, I thought it was funny because on the announcement for it, I saw on my Twitter feed, there's people that are like, dude, uh, this is new, like developer people who are making games for Stadia. And they're like, this is the first time we're hearing about it. Our game comes out in two days on Stadia. Oh, and, <laughs> news to us. and there's other people that are like, yeah, dude, ours comes out in two weeks. And this is also news to us. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why didn't somebody send us an email? And let us know, like, last time this was brought up, they swore up and down that, like, no, Stadia was alive and well and whatever, and then they laid this on them. So I guess uh, communication on that with uh, their game developers was non-existent, apparently. I mean, that's okay, because, I mean, Game Pass will probably pick it up, right? I mean, they're going to pick up a lot of those games, and maybe they'll be good. Yeah, but it's still just, like, when, I mean, I'm sure the games are probably developing for us, but the, the time spent, like, developing a port or whatever for it on Stadia and testing it on Stadia and whatever, it's, like, those man hours could have been spent on something else if none of it was going to matter anyway. Well, and, and you got to think from kind of piggybacking off what Shannon just said, you got to imagine at this point Google is looking to sell this tech or like lease the tech out at this point. Like they, they have to have learned a bunch about streaming games and streaming media through this process, even though it wasn't successful, they still got a lot of lessons learned. So I would imagine the remaining cloud services like Amazon's Luna or Microsoft's X cloud service, uh, which I don't know how well Luna is going, but the X cloud stuff seems to have gained some traction. Uh, so you got to wonder if like Google is looking to lease that stuff out. <laughs> Justin's just, every time you say something and that knife comes up, like Justin just looks so much more menacing when you have like <laughs> an, a point that you're making. I'm like, okay, we get it. We get it, Justin. <laughs> I, you know, if this was mainly a video podcast, I would, uh, have Justin just put the Halloween music in every time the knife comes up. Um, so yeah i mean it's a it's a bummer it's a bummer but it's not a surprise i think is is the way it goes like i feel bad for the people that worked really hard on all that stuff uh but it 
it kind of seemed doomed to fail from the start, you know, like having, having their business model be, Hey, no, you have to buy the games and saying it around the same time that Microsoft's like, we got the subscription service, just pay us a monthly fee and you can download whatever you want. And people are like, and I'm supposed to buy the two year old Assassin's Creed game for full price from you. What? Why? You know, like it's, yeah. Um, no, the convenience of playing it anywhere I want isn't worth the extra $30 for the game. It's not. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, interesting, interesting stuff. Um, what else is interesting is, uh, hey, Shannon, hmm. you ready? You ready to get gross the fuck out? <laughs> sure. Well, you can do it a week earlier because October 14th <laughs> is the new date for Scorn. It's gotten Yay! bumped up. Yeah, it is. Uh, Penises everywhere. Yeah, phallic imagery <laughs> just leaking through your screen. Oh, literally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, a game inspired by the works of H.R. <clears throat> Giger, who's known for many things, some of them being uh, the Alien franchise, uh, the look of the Alien itself, and like the the ship and all that stuff. Um, I think they've only made the one trailer, which was just really wet and gross and uh yeah like i don't i've said before i just want to play it just to see what the hell this game is and if it plays as disgusting as the game looks (laughs) it's just a bunch of wet mouth noises when like you're walking around (laughs) totally and just like you know are you shooting just huge phalluses that are you know lack of a better term spitting at you the whole time. <laughs> like what, what is going on here? I don't know. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so many questions and no answers. Like, I mean, I, I'm surprised that there has been so little coverage of this game, like with it being so close to its release date. Like mm-hmm. usually by now people have a full idea like, of what they're purchasing. Or also that like, builds have gone to critics at this point and you're getting, you know, through podcasts or little write-ups kind of hints of what the game is. It's like, sure. They can't tell you everything, but they can kind of give you a nudge one way or another about it. And it's just, yeah, like you said, crickets, nothing, just radio silence. And I'm just, there's a lot of tendrils, you guys just (laughs) literally a lot of of wet tendrils uh, throughout this thing. It is cool, though, that it's coming out a week early. Like in, in the time of 2022, where everything's just been delayed to 2023 yeah. and whatever, it's always a pleasure to see something getting bumped up a week instead of moved back. Is is Scorn a first-party title for Microsoft? I don't know if that's true. Because if it is, then it's even weirder to me that we've heard nothing. You think, like... Microsoft hasn't had a uh, a banger for a while, you know, and especially a first party one. And for them to say nothing is kind of troubling. It is exclusively on Xbox platforms. Okay. Which, uh, hmm. Maybe it's going to be good. It's on Game Pass. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's where most of the play is going to happen, right? I mean, like everybody's just going to dive into that day one just to see. And Twitter is going to erupt with dick pics of what's going on in this game. But uh, yeah, it's um, I don't know. I'm glad it's on Game Pass uh, so I can try it without feeling mad when it doesn't 
meet my expectations. If you want to know about the works of H.R. Giger, look up the original uh, album cover of Dead Kennedy's album, Frankenchrist. And that'll tell you everything you need to know. It's it's uh, fun. Let's put it that way. It also got banned. Let's put it that way. Um, You know what else is launching around that same time period, gentlemen? A legitimate game of the year competitor. Elden Ring, hold on to your butts. <laughs> Vampire Survivors is launching 1.0 on October 20th. And I'm ridiculously excited about it. Like, I love this game. I love this game so much. And so Shannon, what's coming, looks, out? What, what's so coming out with? Yeah, what's coming out with 1.0 that's different than the, from the game that you've already played? Um, I believe they're adding more, more playable characters. Um, they're also adding, uh, balancing tweaks and stuff like that to different weapons and and different monsters. And, uh, there's going to be different unlock conditions for, for these things. So it's, it's basically more of a fine tuning than, Mm. than what's there now, but I love this game. And it was just, it was just two weeks ago that they said that they were going to bring on like story developers, right? For a story mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was going to say that's like a really tight turnaround to be like, yeah, we're bringing in people to do story. And then two weeks later you're hitting 1.0. I'd be a little concerned, but yeah, it'll be a DLC rollout, I guess. And, and apparently they're, they've been moving slowly moving it to over the development phase. They've been moving it to a new engine. That's supposed to run better and then smooth and smoother. So hopefully we'll see that and it won't break it. But um, so with a 1.0 release, are they going to increase the price? I think so. That's why they they basically been telling people for a while, hey, get it for three bucks on Steam right now. You know, so they the message has been out there. If you want it, buy it now. And uh, I highly recommend people do because it's fantastic. Um have you played it yet, Shin? No, I'm looking at the icon on my computer, but no, I have not played it. <laughs> uh, it's it, well, I will tell you, it's the perfect like. You got a half hour, go ahead and do a run. You know, it's it's one of those things like how people do their wordle every day and stuff is kind of how I've been approaching Vampire Survivors of like <laughs> yeah, I can knock out 15 minutes real quick. Um, gotcha. And it's uh, it's just fantastic. It's just so good. I, it's legitimately going to be high on my list of game of the year. Like I'm not even kidding. Um, and I don't know why, like it's hard to pin down exactly what makes it so good. I think there's something about the simplicity of the game, the simplicity of the controls, but your sense of progress and your sense of achievement when you actually like pull some crazy shit off when there's, monsters literally flooding the screen and you can't even see the background anymore, but you somehow survive it. Like it's, it's fantastic. It's amazing. Um, I know, I know it'll be high on your list too, Justin. So are, are you as excited as me that we aren't going to have to have the, well, it's an early access. Yes. I think that's the biggest thing for me is the fact that because it will have the 1.0, actually attached to it it won't have to be in that weird okay well yeah it came out like sooner but it was in early access and no 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 no. it's like official now Mm -hmm. so it'll be on there like robbie can't dispute it even though it's also going to be on robbie's list as well for sure so it just kind of solidifies it 
in the list among everything else. So that is incredibly exciting. I am excited. I'm sure Shannon will probably play it once it does hit 1.0 status. I mean, I'll I try have... to play it this week. I'll tell you, I'll try. I'll, I'll make a concerned effort to try and make it. Play I'll, it I'll, this week. I'll put it this way. You only need to do like one or two runs mm-hmm. and you either love it or you don't. It's because it, the game doesn't change much. Like your weapons change, your your levels will change, but the game is the game. And what what's gonna do it for Shannon is when he has the one really good one. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it takes. Is like yeah, you know, you get the couple bad runs, and you're like, oh, you know, whatever. But then once you get that one where you're like, oh shit, I did really good. That's when it gets the hooks in you, and then <laughs> you're chasing that high every single time. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> And when you, so you got to kill five things to get that first level up. Mm-hmm. And if garlic is in that list of your first options to power up, take it because even at the base level, all the, it'll kill all the little things immediately around you. And it okay. makes that first five minutes so much more manageable. It's so <laughs> much better. Um, do you, what's your, what's your build out, Justin? What's your go-to? See, I like I'm pretty basic. Like I really like the the starter Belmont guy. Mm-hmm. He's my favorite. Um once you get for me, like getting the uh the by like getting a lot like collecting a lot of the Bibles and stuff and getting like the swarm of like page master like fucking books yeah, yeah. flying around everywhere. Like once you get enough because that was the thing I didn't really realize at first. I was like, oh you know, I'm gonna get one of this and one of this and one like I was getting a lot of a different thing and it's like, no, no, no. It's like what you need to do, what I found anyway, that worked for me is like investing heavily if you can into one or two specific things to get them as high up as you can to get like the max effect. Like that's most of my runs have been successful when I leaned heavily into just, okay, I'm doing this and this, this and this, and just leveling that up as high mm-hmm. as I can get it to make it do more and more damage. So my, my go-to is the dude that throws knives. Mm-hmm. because once you level up the knives all the way, they just fire in a stream and all of a sudden it just becomes anywhere you're walking is a path. You know, I mean, yeah, you might get swarmed around you, but you can always move the direction you're moving and knives will just clear the path for you. It's amazing. Um, I'm not a fan of the holy water. I'm not a big holy water guy. Yeah. It's because uh, holy water is like really slow. Yeah. Like, it's just like it, it gets the holy water is okay in the beginning, but once you get into like the later stuff where there's a lot of stuff on the screen, it's like holy water stops being good yeah. at all. Uh, it's like it doesn't go fast enough. I also like the axe is okay, but the axe when you level it all the way up is a beast. So yeah. like the axe is usually a late addition for me that I'll level up later. Um but yeah, man. Vampire Survivors. What a yeah, game. the little magic missiles get pretty good too, or whatever. Like once you start getting multiple of those, yeah. where it's just like once you get like three or four of those popping off at once, and it's just like the sea of like pew, 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 all over the screen, oh, like, the, some, like the, Iron Man shit, just like the rune, the rune tracers. Yeah, yeah, yeah those those are badass. Um, yeah, watch the watch the fuck out, Elden Ring. It's you know, Vampire Survivors <laughs> is coming for you. Hope Kratos is fucking locked and loaded because. <laughs> gonna get real around game of the year time i i am mentally preparing now for three months from today when i'm having the like but is elden ring better than vampire survivors conversation like 
I'm telling you. I'm telling you it's coming. Um, <laughs> all right. Should we talk a little bit about what we've been playing? Like mm-hmm. what, what we're doing? Uh, so I beat another game that's going to be on my list, which is Tinykins. And mm-hmm. that game is goddamn fantastic. Like, it is so good. It's got a little bit of a twist ending, which I won't spoil, but it's fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, it's... it. The mesh of the, like, 2D Paper Mario uh, characters with the fully 3D world is excellent. Like, I love... I love that you can, you know, it doesn't fog out the world at all. Like you can see all the way across the room and figure out like, Oh, I need to get there. And then like figure out how you're going to do it and, and kind of map it out and then go and, and like follow the path you, you think you need to take. And the platforming is really good. The way they implement the tinykins is great. Like, like we've already said the not having a time constraint is really nice. Being able to go back and clean up the mess, you know, like, or, or fill out to try to hundred percent of room or something is really fun. Uh, finding all the artifacts and the little storylines that the bugs have attached to the artifacts that, you know, it's like, no, it's just, it's just a coin that got scratched up. (laughs) You know, we've, we've built all this lore around it, you know, this little dumb thing we found. Um, it's, it's just fantastic. It's really good. And it never got, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It wraps up pretty quick. It's like, eh, I would say like an eight hour game, 10 hour game, something like that. But it gives you just enough to go like, yeah, let's go to the next room. Oh, cool. This is the bathroom. Okay. What's the next room? Oh, it's the kitchen. This is awesome. You know, like I got to figure out how to open the fridge. Like, okay, how the hell do I do that? You know, and all this stuff. And and it's just really fun. It's really interesting. And and it's upbeat and the music is banging. Like it's it's got a great soundtrack. Like it's one of those things where it's one song like in a level that repeats all the time and you think it would drive you insane, but you kind of just end up flowing with it because it's, it's a great song and you're like, yeah, all right, we're working. Um, highly recommend it. It's, it's on game pass. Uh, it, I don't think it's that expensive. I saw it for like 16 bucks on steam earlier in the week. I'm not sure if that's still the price, but it's, it's great. Highly recommend it. Uh, the other thing Speaking of 1.0s that I dove into is Grounded. Hit one. They released their 1.0 last Tuesday. And since I was home sick as a dog, I played some Grounded. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember me talking about that game way back when, when it hit early access. And I was like, yeah, it's a thing. It's a survivor game. And whew, it's rough. Uh, the game they've released as 1.0 is so much better than that early access version I played, which makes sense. I mean, they've been working on it for years, literally now from the version I played and it, uh, it's, it's still a survivor game. It's got a lot more added to it as far as like character design and there's way more insects out in the world, uh, to, to encounter and fight and all that stuff. Um, the storyline seems to be the same as far, but it's expanded. You know, you can do way more. Like I've already passed where I was, where I, or I hit the like, Hey, this is what we got <laughs> point in the early access build. Um, but uh, I will tell you, it seems to be a game that is now more designed to be like, Hey, get a squad of people, like get three to four players and do it at the same time. Cause some of these battles 
I'm I'm playing on the easiest setting and dude spiders will fuck you up. Like <laughs> like a mosquito will just rip your shit apart. Like it is one of those things where it's like you know it's funny because like when you die, it does the it does the like souls thing of like all your shits in a backpack on the ground and you can go get your backpack from where you died. The problem is the thing that killed you is usually hanging out where you died. So there's enough resources. I end up just leaving backpacks. I'm just like, fuck them. <laughs> like, I'm just going to build it again. And who cares? And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping at some point you can level up enough that like you can legitimately take all these things on and it's not a big deal, but man, four or five hours in that, that is not the case. And I have, and I have to think it's like, Oh, you know what? I bet this battle would be a way easier if I had like three people with me doing this, you know, and like base building would be a lot easier and all that stuff. Uh, but it's fun to like, you know, you're chopping down blades of grass and breaking ac- acorns apart and all that stuff to like build out your home and, and put stuff in it and all that stuff. And and it's, it's really cool, but it's absolutely a survivor game. So if you're not into the, the rafts and you know, of the world and stuff like that. It's probably not for you, but, uh, I, as someone that enjoys a good survivor game, I'm, I'm into it. I just wish, I wish there was a single player mode because it's one of those, like, if I, if you guys were playing it, you would jump into my world and my world wouldn't change at all. Like it wouldn't scale up or scale down. It would just be what it is. And there, I wish there was a, Oh, you're playing this by yourself. Okay. We're going to cut the amount of spiders in half type thing, you know? And, and yeah, there really doesn't seem to be like excessive. There's a ton of accessibility options, but there doesn't seem to be stuff for that necessarily. Um, which is a bummer, but it's, it's, it's fantastic. Like it's really good. It's, I hate, I hate it when I, when I get on these modes where I feel like I'm complaining about the game without saying like, Oh, by the way, no, it kicks ass. Like it's really good. Cause it is like, it looks fantastic. It plays really well. It's pretty inventive with all the stuff it does. Uh, it just, man, that difficulty curve, it gets you. It, and, and when I'm playing on the easiest, like I can't imagine playing this on hard. <laughs> I can't even think about what this game would be. You know, like I bet you red ants just rip your shit apart, you know, or, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. It's just like, yeah, but it's fun to hack up a bunch of ants and make armor out of them and stuff like that. Like, it's all cool. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's what I've been playing. Shannon, what you got? Uh, so this week was a bit of a busy week, so I didn't really have much time to play anything other than Splatoon 3. Um, you know, I just did a whole bunch of multiplayer there. And uh, let me tell you, um, <clears throat> the world of Splatoon 3 is evolving faster than I can play. So, you know. Uh, I'm not leveling up as fast and the, 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 the people playing are getting better than I am. So it's becoming a little bit more uh, slow and go with the, uh, the multiplayer, but um, for the most part, I'm, I'm having fun with it. Won some matches lost a butt ton, but um, yeah, that's it. Uh, other than that, I did sell my PlayStation four back to GameStop and got enough money to get uh, Digimon survive. Um, so <laughs> uh, I've been playing that. Uh, and that is like uh, Digimon mixed with like a tactics game so far uh, from what I've seen. Um, I, I haven't played too much of it, so I, I don't really want to report on it yet. Uh, maybe next week when I have a little bit more time with it. 
Um, but right now it seems pretty interesting. So um, I'll see how that plays out um, once I have more time with it. Uh, Justin, how about you? So <laughs> I talked about it on Discord and I'm going to talk about it here now because for me, it probably comes as like one of the most disappointing things I played this year. <laughs> and that's Moonscars. And it bums me out because I was really looking forward to it. I've been following the game for a while on Twitter. The art's gorgeous. It's a met- like a Metroidvania style looking game. You kind of look like Alucard like a little bit. You're this like vamp. I don't know if you're a vampire, but you're like some you're not human, but you have like white hair and your sword and you're like running around and it's like the art's gorgeous. It reminds me a lot of Blasphemous and stuff where it's like the high end like high resolution, very detailed kind of pixel art and very dark and like it just looked great. Like everything I'd seen from it, videos and stuff looked awesome. I'm like, yes, sign me the fuck up. So downloaded it. It's on Game Pass, booted it up. I was super excited. And dude, I proceeded to repeatedly (laughs) just get my fucking shit kicked in like nonstop. And it's like, I play Metroidvanias. I play Dark Souls. I play like, I play shit that is like hard, but like Blasphemous, the game that I feel like it's like pulling a lot from is a hard Metroidvania, but it's also fair. And yeah, I was going to say it kind of looks like a uprezzed Blasphemous. Yeah. In a lot of ways. But it's like, it's almost like it learned all, like all these games I feel like it pulled from like Blasphemous, Dark Souls, like fucking hollow knight like all these games where you can tell like they pulled elements from to make this it's like i feel like they learned the wrong lessons like they didn't learn what made hollow knight fun or dark souls fun or what made like blasphemous a good game and it's just like it's just so punishing like i you i died so many times in just the beginning era like i didn't even get to the first boss like and it's like they want you to sit there and you get hit by the basic enemies you get hit three times you're fucking dead you're just dead and it's like you can heal by using your magic or whatever and holding the button but that magic is also how you cast your whatever launch spell that you need to do too so it's like you're double using your resources so it's like you basically you can heal or you can do your spell because this spell that you get at the very beginning of the game uses your entire magic bar the entire fucking thing so it's like I don't know why it uses so much. Like, I feel like if it maybe used like a quarter or third of it, so you could still use it and also heal, that would be a lot better. But you're basically sitting there trying to choose whether or not, okay, I can either do magic or I can heal. I can't do both. So either I need to not get hit or I'm just not using magic. And it's just brutal. And the fact that it really wants you to parry. Like that's one of the big things too is like a lot of these like rooms or whatever are set up with there's like spikes on the wall and whatever and it's like they want you to when an enemy hits and their eye glows red or whatever they want you to hit the button at the right time and parry them and then you like launch them into the wall and it immediately kills them which works it's a little hard like the window for parrying is not forgiving at all like it is you have to time it just right but you get used to the feeling like it's not something that like, you know, once you do it a couple times, it's like, okay, you know, I can get the timing down on this and that's fine. But once you get to about three enemies in a room at once and they're all coming at you from like different angles and like you got two on the ground coming at you and then one's flying in kind of like trying to swoop at you and stuff. 
like the timing is different on all three of them. So it's like trying to parry all of them. Like you're not going to get it right. And like while you're trying to parry one, you're getting hit by the other two. <laughs> it's like, dude, like so parrying in those situations don't even work. And it's like, dude, like I just can't. And then you die and you lose your souls or whatever. And you get these like stat boost things along the way too. And it's like you lose those too. And so it's like all, and then you have to go try to pick up your shit. And then you, of course it's the dark souls thing. You die on the way getting it. And then you're just kind of at a loss. It's like, okay, whatever, like, fuck it. I didn't need that, but it was just so brutal. And it's like, I didn't understand why it was so hard. And I thought maybe it was just me. Like I was like, dude, am I just this bad at this? Like, I don't get it. And I went online and was like looking up other reviews and stuff. And it was like the same thing from other people reviewing it. They're like, I see what they're trying to do. And I like the aesthetics of the game, but it's not for me. Like it's too punishing. Like I just can't deal with it. And that's the other thing that was getting me is, which I didn't even realize it was happening. And then when I read someone's review about it, I was like, okay, I get that is you have like a little moon thing in the upper left. And if you die so many times in a row, um, it becomes a blood moon. And that makes the enemies even more aggressive. And they like come at you like even quicker. So I'm like, I'm already getting my shit kicked in and you're going to reward me with making the enemies that are already kicking my shit in more aggressive. Like <laughs> why hate me? So I just, I know Zach said that he's like quietly uninstalling. Yeah, yeah for sure. Cause it was one of those things with the look of it. I'm like, Oh, that looks rad. I want to play that. And then you started posting your uh, thoughts on it. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to play that. No, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. And I knew I figured it was going to be like up your alley. And I was like, dude, Zach's going to be like, bro, this isn't worth my fucking time. And then (laughs) uninstall it once you try. Because it's just it's just brutal. And it's like there's so many better like Metroidvania style games and stuff than that. And it's just, man. But I had such high hopes for it. So it made me I bounced off of it. And I was like, man, I really want to play. Uh, I still want to play a Metroidvania. And so I have my Castlevania GBA anniversary collection. So yeah, I've been playing. Yeah. So I'd been playing Circle of the Moon. So I beat Circle of the Moon this weekend. And dude, was that the one with the souls or the cards? Cards. Yeah. That's okay, the, yeah, yeah. the first Game Boy Advance one with the gotcha. cards, um, which I already played and beat Arya Saro, which is the one with the souls, which is my absolute mm-hmm. favorite. Yeah, for sure. Um, and let, dude, let, let me tell you. So. Circle of the Moon, still really good. My my biggest fucking complaint about it is, dude, the drop rates are fucking garbage on that game. Like to get the car, like so. The difference between like our like Arya Sorrow and stuff like every enemy has a soul, so it's like okay, everything has a soul. Like you can collect them, you do whatever. Like great. The problem with Circle of the Moon is there's like like i don't know like 24 22 cards or whatever to collect the only certain monsters drop the cards and most of them some of them only one specific monster will drop that card others maybe two three max of like a certain type of monster drops that card and so you have to know what monsters drop the cards but they don't tell you which monsters drop the cards so you need to like look it up or just you know happen to get it and the drop rates are so fucking bad on like some of the later cards, especially dude, one of the cards I was messaging Matt about it while I was doing, cause I was trying to get all the cards and I got all of them, but two, 
because they're in the battle arena. And I'm like, dude, I don't even want to fuck with that. Like, that's extra shit. It's hard. I don't want to deal with it. The Pluto card, only one monster drops it. It The monster is in a secret room, but that monster only appears in the secret room after you beat a certain boss. So it's like, if you already went to that secret room, they're not going to be there. So you have to beat the boss and then know to go back to that secret room. And that's where they're going to spawn for you to fight to get the card. This card had a 0.4% drop rate. <laughs> 0.4. And I was like, looking up online, I'm like, how is this like, what is the easiest way to get this card from this monster? And people were like, yeah, there's no real easy way. You just do it. It took me about 45 minutes to get it to fucking drop. Just wow. repeatedly exiting, coming back in, killing the monster, going back, repeatedly doing it. And with the switch for the advanced thing, they have the, where you can quick rewind and stuff. So it's like you would quick, because luckily you can do the quick rewind because the chance of you getting it is upon death. It's not predetermined, like when you enter the room, whatever. So you could just rewind to right before the last hit and see if it spawns. And then be like, nope, just a couple clicks, rewind, try it, try it, try it. But even then I was doing that. And it legitimately took me about 40 minutes of me just repeatedly killing this thing over and over again to finally get the fucking card to drop. <laughs> and Matt was like, dude, I would have just given up. And I was like, I know I was already like 15 minutes into it though. So at this point I was already invested. Like I'm going to get this fucking card no matter how long it takes. Cause I'm not going to have wasted this 15 minutes, not getting this fucking card. Yeah. I, uh, I'm with Matt. I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and oof. it's it's and it's not needed because you know you can also do because every time i've ever played circle of the moon i did the glitch thing where all you really need are the first two starting cards and then you mm -hmm. activate it and then pause the game really quick and then switch the cards that you don't have and then it activates those abilities anyway so you can technically go through the whole game and use all the abilities without the cards if you do the glitch real quick but it's also annoying to have to do that every time because after like certain cutscenes or whatever it kicks like, even if you have it already activated, it'll deactivate it. So then you have to reactivate it again and switch everything back. So I wanted to try and collect the cards to not have to keep doing that over and over again every time I wanted to switch abilities. But it was still fun. Like, it was still really good. And then I jumped over to <laughs> Harmony of... <laughs> Zach always Yes, Zach always makes fun of me because I say it wrong. I always, like, say Dissonance or whatever yeah. instead. Harmony of Dissonance, yes. Yes. I, so I, I hear that's a water that Coke sells. <laughs> um, so I, I, after beating Circle of the Moon, I hopped over to that. And God, dude, even like I used to rate that game higher than Circle of the Moon, but after playing Circle of the Moon and switching to it, it is just the most vanilla ass Castlevania game, man. Like the thing it has going for it is you don't have cards, you don't have souls. So after having to go through the whole drop rate bullshit with the cards, I'm like, oh, thank God, I don't need to fucking do that in this one. But it's just like the bosses are just basically big enemies. Like the bosses aren't exciting. They're really easy compared to Circle of the Moon where you have the different combining card abilities and you have like all these different moves and whatever you can do. Like just or just justy whatever fucking name it like it's just not as exciting like the stuff you can equip with and do whatever like the moves just aren't as which is crazy because circle of the moon came out first and it's like it's almost like they were like they took everything that like okay they didn't like this about circle of the moon they didn't like this so we're gonna do the opposite in this game 
but it's like they didn't take the good stuff from Circle of the Moon and transfer it over. They just like, all right, they didn't like the drop rates, so we're not going to have you collect stuff. Oh, they didn't like uh, the movement, like the jumping was like too stiff or whatever in Circle of the Moon, so we're going to make your character super floaty in this one. And it's just like they learned all the wrong lessons when they made that game. The Upside Down Castle, like it's not exciting. Like, I cool, I get to go through the castle again, but Upside Down, but there's like no enemies like in this castle most of the time. So it's just me running through empty corridors, filling up the map. And it's like, there's certain quick time kind of events and stuff where it's like, oh, you knock a big golem into these gears and it grinds them up or you push this down and it rolls them. But those are dope. And I mm. wish later Castlevania games actually like took more pages from that because I'm like, that's one of the coolest things this game does. But everything else is just like, dude, I'm just kind of just wanting i'm almost done with it i just want to get to the end of it because i'm just like dude like i don't even care about 100 percent the map i'm just going from a to b fucking doing whatever i'm just but so it's all right but i hadn't played it since the last time i played it was on the actual game boy advance so it's kind of going back to it now it's kind of like man dude like metroidvania games have come so far in comparison uh to like this yeah i remember dissonance being one of those games where it almost felt like a throwback to like the super nintendo castlevania type games or something yeah you know or like symphony of the night era yeah and that's what's crazy it's like i feel like aria sorrow is the one that they got right like circle the mm. moon was the first one and then they're like okay we took too far of a step back with harmony and then aria sorrow they're like they finally were like we'll take this and this from both these games merge all the good things about it and improve on it and that's aria sorrow and that's why it's the best game boy advance one um, I, I would agree with that assessment I think that's, yeah. But. Dude, and then I also played, last thing I played this weekend was uh, on Twitter, this guy announced that he made Super Mario Bros. 5 is what he was calling it, which okay. he made it on Mario Maker 2. And he actually has been working on it since Mario Maker 1. And then like oh, wow. had to re- retransfer, rebuilt all the levels from Mario Maker 1 into 2. And since they have the new world system where you can actually create like an overworld, like Super mm-hmm. Mario World and stuff, he like built it all. And it's like an actual eight world, like not some Kaizo level bullshit, whatever. It's like actual, like if it was to be designed by Nintendo kind of style where it's like, you know, it's easier, you know, it's not super hard. Like some of the later levels get a little difficult and stuff, but it's like a pretty like nice not like racking your fucking brain like they're very generous with one-ups very generous with mushrooms and power-ups you don't it doesn't do the oh well you need to get a mushroom to run through this field of spikes to get to the end or whatever like none of that like bullshit stuff that people make for their levels so uh me and matt played through it today and stuff we took turns passing the controller back and forth each knocking out a world and it was a lot of fun like the level design was really good for the most, like, there's some tricks that he kind of overused. Like, there's where, oh, it's a pipe and then a pipe. And it's like, you obviously can't jump from A to B because there's a ceiling there. So then mm-hmm. you kind of fall down and then you have to hit the coin blocks and stuff to build the bridge and then go down this pipe and then come back out here and then you can cross the bridge. Like, he did stuff like that numerous times. And it's like, yeah, that was cute the first three times. But on yeah. like the eighth or ninth time I'm doing that, I'm like, yeah, I get it. You, you love fucking coin blocks. Uh, but it was well, like really creative and fun though. That, I mean, it's sad that Nintendo seems to have kind of let Mario maker die, uh, from its, you know, cause it, it feels like Mario maker two wasn't really all that supported when they launched it, but it, 
now that you're talking about it, why wouldn't they have just made a few different small Mario games within it just to show people what it could do? And it would get people to buy it. If like, oh, wait, I can play like a few small Mario games made by Nintendo if I buy this. And then maybe people will get inspired and make their own stuff like this guy did. It's it's, it's puzzling to me why they wouldn't do that. Well, and they kind of like there is a story-ish kind of mode, whatever, in Mario 2 where they did do something like that where it is Nintendo design levels using the assets and stuff. But since they did the actual world update and stuff, like, yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't just release even just like once a month or something. Be like, hey, we had some people develop. Here's the code. Go in and play. And just do like a couple worlds or whatever, a fun thing, or like, you know, it's like October, we could do like spooky boo mansion theme, like levels. Here's yeah. like a pack of just all boo levels and stuff. And, you know, I feel like if they really wanted to support it more after they did the updates and stuff of, oh, you know, this is coming, this is coming. Yeah, they just kind of left it to die out there. So it was one of the few things that made me be like, oh, dude, I have Mario Maker 2. Let me boot that up because this actually looks pretty cool and I want to play it. And if there were even, throw some money at some content creators like that to have them yeah. build those levels for you. Like it doesn't even have to be Nintendo people just get dedicated, like level designer people and throw some money at them. Be like, here's a few thousand bucks, man, make some Mario levels for us and give us the code and we'll post it. I will give this guy kudos though, for finding the one way he could make a project like this that Nintendo can't take down. Yeah. <laughs> like, Nintendo fuming that they can't cease and desist yeah, this yeah, man. Yeah, totally. Like, what do you <laughs> mean? They're, they're, like, they're like trying to find the, the one line in the TOS that will let, let them ban him, you know, or something. Um, but Nintendo does this stuff like, okay, you've got a new Pokemon game coming out, right? Pokemon Snap sold super well. Where's the $20 DLC that like shows you the new land? You know, like that just lets you do like a small Pokemon Snap experience with some of the new stuff. You know, you like you don't have to go in depth, but it would be a way to like showcase some new Pokemon and like get people excited for it. And I know that I would buy it in this house and anyone else that has kids that are Pokemon obsessed would be buying it. It just it's like free money. Like, why wouldn't you do that? I don't know. It's yeah, it especially did, if they released it in front of Scarlet and Violet and stuff yeah. to get you hyped for it. And then at the end, a trailer plays for Scarlet and Violet pumping. It's like you pre-order this shit now. Yeah, yeah. You know how many fucking people would sit there and their like, parents are getting their fucking wallets out like yeah, as this is exactly. rolling with kids like, Mom, Mom, the Apple Dragon. I need Apple Dragon. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you release it this month. Pokemon comes out next month. The hype levels are never been higher. You know, it's, it's just like, why not? But uh, they're just going to re-release old Zelda games until the end of fucking time. So, you know, it's Nintendo. Uh, Dude, can't. any chance Zach gets the shit on Zelda, man, he'll take it. Uh, am I wrong? Tell, tell tell me the flaw in my logic. I can't tell you you're wrong, Zach, and you know that, and that's what makes you thrive at that. Because <laughs> you know you're right, and I can't say shit about it. I, you know, I hey, look, I'm a Raider fan. I have unfortunate truths pointed out to me all the time, so I've gotten good at it over the years. Um, speaking of unfortunate truths, have we hit? the air raid siren portion of the show. Are we here? Oh, sure. We are I hear them. Deep. Yeah. 
right? I know but, they sound the sirens sound a little spooky today yeah, too. These are these are more of the like Silent Hill air raid sirens, you know? Like <laughs> as as a as a quick side before we move into spoilers. Is there anything just more under your skin unsettling than that like nineteen forties air raid siren sound that Silent Hill uses? Like it it's one of those things like every time I hear it, it's just one of those like mmm, bad shit. Bad shit's yeah. happening. Like, I don't... Yeah. Dude, uh, up until... I I mean, Zach, you probably know this because you live uh, close to San Francisco, mm-hmm. but every... I think it was every Monday for, like, the longest time in San Francisco, they still had an air raid siren that they would do uh, at, like, noon uh, on a Monday uh, just to test out to see if yeah. the system worked. And, and then it dropped... That... To, and then it dropped to, like, once a month, right? Yeah. After a and while, then, yeah. Yeah, and now they don't do it anymore, and uh, they got rid of like the old timey siren and for the like oh for when it was that once a month it was like um it was like a a new digital one but like originally when they had that like dude i was terrified like go visit yeah. my grandma and my grandpa on a monday nope like i i nope right out of their house when that thing went off but you know it was um yeah it's pretty creepy creepy intense yeah it's 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 one of those noises that just absolutely makes my skin crawl every time mm-hmm. i hear it so, of course, Justin's going to use it for this. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, why don't we uh, talk a little spoiler territory? She-Hulk, are we all caught up? I'm not, but you can go ahead and spoil well, the, shit out of it. This, uh, this week's episode, uh, I, I love that they gave us the Daredevil helmet and then have not even talked about it in two straight <laughs> weeks. It's, it's, I don't know, that in other shows that would drive me insane, but somehow in this show, I think it's hilarious. Uh, I'm still loving She-Hulk. I love the that the stakes are so low. I love that they just like are not it, nothing's the end of the world, you know. Like there's no there's no big cataclysm. It's like, hey, she went to a wedding, <laughs> and then after the wedding, you know, Abomination's uh, tracker or inhibitor went on the fritz, so she had to go out to his uh, wellness retreat with the CEO and and fix it. And the CEO brought her along in case he was the abomination and he needed backup. But um, I did love how after the inhibitor gets fixed, the CEO like literally peels rubber out of there. (laughs) Like he's like, fuck this. I'm out. Um, And then, uh, and then we're treated to some of the deepest cut characters. I could, I think Marvel has ever pulled out with man bull, the literal half man, half bull. Um, You got porcupine, uh, which was a daredevil villain who's basically a guy in a ghillie sh- suit with spikes all over it. And uh, some matador guy that I, I'm forgetting his name, who basically was like Marvel Zorro in a sense, but like having him go fighting man bull was really funny. Cause it was very much like a matador. And, uh, and at one point <laughs> they're like, they, they're in like a group therapy session and, uh, the guy's like, I'm a matador. I'm not a matador. I'm like this and then and then he's like, well, I did do some slight matadoring on the side when I was. He's like, I knew <laughs> yeah. it. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. Um, we see Jen uh, hooking up with the dude from the wedding, and then getting ghosted after <laughs> after they hook up, which was, a, and then she's like, you know, watching her phone for three straight days, waiting for the text back that never comes. Uh, there's a really funny exchange with the therapy group when they were like, well, what did you text him? 
And so she oh, reads, God, yeah. reads Double what she down. Text, <laughs> reads what she texted, and everyone's like, "Oh, why, God, <laughs> with the emojis?" And then like, it's like, "Well, was that it?" And she's like, "Yeah, yeah." Well, I, I did one follow up text, and they're like, "Well, oh God, what was that?" And then she tells them, and they're like, "No, oh, gee, like, yeah, it was really funny." Um, and then uh, at the end of the episode, we find out Homeboy was a total like op, like he was in there getting DNA from uh, from Jen, which they thankfully don't go into details <laughs> of how we acquired said DNA. Uh, and then, like, taking a photo of her asleep as proof and getting out of there. And so we don't know if he's with the uh, the 4chan kids of Intelligentsia <laughs> or if uh, he's working for, you know, a villain that's already been introduced. We're just not aware yet or, or what. But someone's after that sweet, sweet Hulk DNA. <laughs> and uh, it looks like they finally got their hands on it. So that's where we're at now. Justin, your thoughts on the episode? Giggity. <laughs> like I thought it was good. Like it, it was fun. I like the retreat. I like the, the what is it? The the hut or whatever. They're like mm. going to the hut, and she finally went into the little hut and came out all like steamy and stuff. The the um, yurt, the yurt. yurt. The there sweat, we go. I was trying to lodge. Think. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, you know, I I am interested to kind of see what they do with the whole because that's kind of been the only like underlying plot that's kind of been throughout this entire thing that showed up like a few episodes ago is the mm-hmm. yeah the red like redditors online like yeah. trying to get get at her and stuff so I'm like trying to figure out what they are trying to do with her DNA are they secretly working with a uh, um, the chick from the wedding, the one that had the She-Hulk brand and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. Is it her Titania. behind this entire yeah, Titania. Is Titania behind all of this? Or is it something else? And I guarantee you, we're like, Daredevil's going to show up in like the post-credit scene of the last like episode yeah. for like 40 seconds, and that's going to be it. Like That's what the build-up is. He's just going to show up and be like, you can be She-Hulk and Jin. Good day. And then like leaves. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. And then everyone's gonna like lose their shit on Twitter and be like, "He was in it." Or it'll be, it'll be like that. Uh, have you guys seen the new AT and T commercial with the AT and T girl and LeBron James? And if you actually watch it, they're never in the same shot together. It's like <laughs> goes back and forth, and I'm like, "Oh, you guys were never in the same room ever, like filming this." And like the few times when they're both are one's totally out of focus. You know, and it's it's really funny. It's going to be like that, where it's just like it'll cut to Daredevil and then cut back to Jen and then cut back to Daredevil. It's like they'll never actually be on screen together the whole time, you know? Really you ha- Zach, I, I didn't get to talk to you last week because like I was, you know, you were gone and I was getting caught up on, on the Hulk, but uh, on She-Hulk. But don't, does, does the CGI around She-Hulk bother you at all? It, it's, it's a bummer, but it doesn't take me out of it. You know, like I'm, I'm, I absolutely understand the criticisms like that, bro. There's some times where it's straight up princess Fiona from Shrek on screen. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what is happening here? You know, like this is a Marvel show. What are we doing? Um, you know, there's some, there's some CGI that's like straight out of 2002 sometimes. And it's like, oof, but I think the care, the writing is strong enough that it's kind of pulls me through and they, uh, they go through a lot of lengths to have her be Jen a lot. 
which helps, you know, like there, there's a, I think they knew they were in trouble. And so they have a lot of gen based scenes. And, uh, I think that helps because she's a fantastic actress. Like she's really good in the role. Um, but yeah, no, it, you're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. It's, it's rough. It's rough. Okay. And, and I'm hoping, did you guys see that they're no longer making armor wars a show and they're making it a full movie? I did um, see that, and it's like, that could either be good or bad. Like, I don't know which it is. Like, if they think they have enough that it's going to be, like, a higher budget thing now, or yeah. they're like, oh, dude, this is so important that now we're making it a movie versus, like, a one-off TV show thing. Well, I'm hoping it's one of those they realize they kind of had a Falcon and Winter Soldier thing on their hands where, like, that was just a movie you cut up into six episodes. Like, I don't understand why that was a show. Like, that was just a movie that had a shittier budget than their movies do, you know? And and I'm kind of hoping Armor Wars is the same thing where they realize, like, oh, that didn't work. So what? why don't we just make this a movie that can get the effects that we want? Can You know, it'll have the budget to do what we need it to do because it'll make, you know, $800 million and, and move on. And I, I'm hoping that's the case. Because there's been a few of these where I'm like, this should just been a movie. Like Moon Knight was like that. Like, just make this a movie. It's fine, you know. And and uh, I'm I'm hoping they're learning lessons about their Disney Plus shows, and going forward, we'll get better product for it. So, I, it is interesting to me how fast they seem to be trying to write the ship. Like they kind of have a like, oh god, the last two years were really bad. Oh shit. Oh shit. Fix this, fix this, fix this. You know, like there seems to be a lot of, a lot of that with like, yeah, phase four is just over. Phase four is over. Uh, phase five, phase five is starting. Um, oh yeah. This isn't a show anymore. This is a movie. Uh, uh, Eternals. What the f- who, who I never heard of her, you know, like, yeah, there, there's a lot of that <laughs> happening, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I, I find yeah. that very curious. They're like, hi, have you met Kang? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, we're just blank. Fantastic Four, Kang, Kang, Kang. Yeah, like that's that's where it's all going, guys. Just Kang. Have we, have we said Kang yet? Um, so yeah, I find that very very interesting. Anyway, what else? What else have we watched? Well, why don't we talk about <clears throat> how the internet was taken by surprise this week as Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman gave us a the news of oh, yeah. Deadpool three. Yeah, they did. I like that with. Uh, <laughs> we've got no ideas well we had one hey Hugh you want to play Wolverine one more time yeah sure okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then the follow-up trailer where it's like they're talking about where they're breaking down how Logan died in 2029 and this yeah. is like a different universe and this is going to take place before that and then it cuts to like wake me up before you go go and like yeah. they're giving the whole breakdown <laughs> uh I mean like they dude Ryan Reynolds has got this whole like marketing thing down and good on him um and i'm excited but 2024 fuck right yeah that was the bummer that was the bummer but i did love the i will always love Hugh" uh (laughs) singing over it um and that's another one where i appreciate i i i gotta believe this was a little bit of a panic move and they were just like you know what throw the bag throw the bag at Hugh Jackman we gotta get we gotta do this we gotta do it right like just yeah 
put as many stacks of hundreds as will fit into the stuffle bag and throw it at Hugh Jackman. Like just <laughs> it's yours. Play Wolverine. Thank you. No, I saw yeah. a picture on Twitter where it was like Hugh Jackman like lifting weights or whatever. He had this huge smile on his face and people were like, damn, that Disney money be doing wonders. I've never seen that man <laughs> smile so big. <laughs> Oh, I, I guarantee you they just backed that Brinks truck right up to his freaking residence ever like with snow shovels. Just whoosh, whoosh, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Excite, ex, peak, peak excite for that one. But yeah. um, I did um, this week uh, didn't have a lot of time to play video games. I did have a lot of time to watch movies. Uh, so I watched three movies uh, this weekend. Um, That's that impressive got, for Shannon. I know, and I got and you, all and you finished them all. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh. So uh, one of them, I'll tell you right now. Uh, I saw this movie called Bell, mm-hmm. um, and I saw the aesthetic of it, and I watched the trailer of it, um, and then I asked my son if he wanted to watch this movie, and uh, he was like, "Sure, I'll give it a go. I'll, I'll take a look at it." seemed like it was about like this uh, lady who was having some identity, you know, like high school, like, you know, usual drama um, and, you know, basically finds uh, a life for herself in this alternate universe, this like VR kind of soundscape. Um, so we start oh, watching so it. It's not like a Beauty and the Beast, Bill. OK, it's so no. So basically okay. um, the girl's name is Suzu. And um, I guess um, the Japanese translation of of uh, her name is Belle. Um, oh, I'm looking at it now. And yeah, this is some anime bullshit. OK, well, All it right. looks like a Studio Ghibli like kind of style animation, right? Like once once they get into like the not the the alternate like VR place, but like once she's in regular life, she kind of looks I mean, it kind of has that same aesthetic and it plays out kind of like the same way with like there's a lot of like pauses so you can look at the world and you can see the environments. Um, but it man, it takes a hard turn like halfway through the movie. Um, like once, you know, it, it basically the the story starts with her losing her mom. Um, she. Well, her mom was a musician, taught her how to play music. Um, her mom dies trying to rescue another girl who falls into a river during like uh, the rainy season, like in their uh, around their town. Um, so she loses through the trauma. She doesn't want to sing anymore. She doesn't want to be happy anymore. So she's just kind of going through her typical day to day life. Um, so when she goes into this alternate world and she can become somebody else like this program, like you wear these. Uh, earbuds for the lack of a better term and it kind of does a scan of your um, physical attributes as well as your mental attributes and creates a a character for you in this alternate universe she becomes this lady and she starts singing she finds she can you know sing when people don't know who she is she becomes like a internet sensation like five billion people like know who she is overnight essentially Um, and you think it's going to be about her kind of struggling with her identity and becoming you know who you know, she's supposed to be. Um, but while she's in there, there is this other thing. Um, it's kind of like a beast for the lack of a better word. It's a dragon. Uh, and he just like wreck shop. Like he goes in there, he's a disruptor. He's got anger issues. Um, but you know, she's like, I could probably help this person. Um, and you discover like, you know, the cloak that he wears, you think is kind of like a patterned cloak, but the cloak on his back is actually the pattern or bruises on his back. 
Um, and while she's talking to him a couple times, bruises are starting to appear on his on his cape. And you're like, oh, this is this is going to go somewhere that is not kid appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it basically turns into a movie about um, you know physical abuse. Um, and she, you know, is trying to track down who this kid is that's getting abused through, you know, this, um, alternate universe. It has a 10 plus or 10 year plus like rating Mm -hmm. on, um, on iTunes. But I think this is a lot, this has got to be way up there. I don't think 10 plus like should be watching anything like this. Um, so it doesn't do the studio Ghibli thing of like, you can watch it on multiple levels. Yeah, you know? no, 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 yeah. no. This is pretty. Like, I mean, there is a confrontation at the end where she finds out where these kids are, and goes to save the kids. And the father, essentially, like she steps between the kids and the father, and the father, like you know, grabs her by the head and like, like you know, tries to like tear her away from them, and ends up like gouging like underneath her eye and cutting mm-hmm. her open and. You know, he threatens the puncher and, you know, there's a lot of like it's an intense last like 20 minutes of the movie. Like it's pretty, pretty intense. Uh, so a lot of trigger warnings there. I don't recommend watching this uh, if you um, if you have any type of um, sensitivity around those topics. Um, gotcha. It could be very hard to watch. Um, so that was the, the first thing I I did turn it off halfway through. Like once I realized what was going on, I was like, okay, like, you know, this isn't something we need to watch anymore. And, mm-hmm. and my son was pretty much like, okay, that's cool. Um, uh, because it, you know, it does go from being in that metaverse to being more in the real world. And that is a lot slower paced. It's a lot yeah. more like, you know, giving you time to digest information than anything else. The music in it is great. The visual aspects in the beginning are great, but like, yeah, that movie towards the end is not something that I would like to watch multiple times. Um, then after that, uh, you know, son went to bed and I put on, um, an Apple TV plus original movie, uh, called the greatest beer on ever. Okay. And it's got, uh, Zac Efron and Bill Murray and, um, Russell Crowe, um, all as uh, headliners in it. Uh, and it's about a gentleman in 1967. Uh, his buddies in his neighborhood are going to Vietnam. And he uh, is, um, I guess, out of like uh, draft uh, range. Um, he's a um, merchant marine, like longshoreman uh, kind of guy. Um, decides one night that, um, you know, he's watching the news. There's a lot of protesters protesting the war. He's going to go support the troops by bringing them beers um, from the neighborhood to let them know that the neighborhood still cares about the boys over there. So he's going to go find all of his friends. Uh, so he finds a boat that's leaving for Vietnam and uh, goes over there. Story ensues. It's pretty, I thought it was going to be kind of like a lighthearted, not, well, not lighthearted, but like I thought it was going to be more of like comedy mixed with drama, you know? So there were moments that kind of things break up. Like, you know, you have your intense moments and you have your funny moments, but um, that didn't happen. Uh, it's a great movie though. Um, it's based off of real life events. They do show pictures of the real guys that were there um, through the story. Um, it does kind of have that feel good ending in the sense that the people that he does interact with in the movie that he does give beers to, uh, do come back. Um, and they do have like a reunion picture. 
Um, but you know, it do, it does hit you with some hard truths uh, in there and leaves you with some questions about like the whole Vietnam uh, War in general. So that was that was that movie. Uh, I'd I'd recommend watching it. It's it wasn't it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was kind of middle of the road. Uh, like it, you could watch it and be happy with it. Uh, and then the last movie I watched was Bullet Train. Um, uh, yeah, it got Justin's attention all of a sudden. Don't, don't, spoil, <laughs> don't spoil it too much because I I still really want to watch. I'm it. not even going to spoil it because I know that you yeah. want to watch it. But um, dude, that movie. Uh, it starts. I mean, it starts out like it's a Guy Ritchie movie, right? So like, mm-hmm. it starts out a typical Guy Ritchie notion, like a lot of like you know witty dialogue, a lot of pretty cool interactions. Brad Pitt, um, his character is pretty is pretty interesting to watch and is fun. All the characters in there are great. The twins are awesome. Um, you know, it, the story goes places, and it just continues to ramp up and get more and more over the top. Um, I will say I have a hard time with the uh, the villain in the movie, um, and I think it's more of an actor choice that that plays the final villain, not really so much the character himself. Um, but yeah, all in all, good movie. Lots of uh, surprising cameos uh, in the movie. Like there were a lot of times where I just busted out laughing because of the cameos themselves, not so much like what was actually happening on screen. Mm-hmm. But it's good. I mean, it's a it's a good time waster. Um, I think Snatch is a lot better um, of a movie to me. Like, I mean, that's always going to be up there. But Bullet well, Train's a that's, good time. That's waster. the best Guy Ritchie movie, like yeah. hands down. Like, there's, I mean, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. I love also, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, but Snatch is just, it's so good. Like, it's mm-hmm. Bricktop, just uh, the whole Pikey thing. Like, yeah, you know, oh yeah. Boris the Bullet Dodger, like yeah. all of those, all of those characters, like are timeless. And like this tries to do that, but I think it, because he's got that Hollywood influence now, it's a little overplayed. Um, do, you have, do you have anything to declare? Yeah, stay the fuck out of England. You know all that <laughs> stuff. There's, there's so many classic lines. Like <laughs> to this day, Periwinkle Blue has entered my lexicon. You know, it's, it's oh yeah, it's I can't so good. T- yeah, do you like Degs? Yeah, I, like I, I can't tell you how many times I use that in a week. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's great. It's uh, well, I mean, for, it's it's a good movie. For what, Tommy? When the Germans come, yeah. <laughs> the dog that eats the squeak toy and squeaks when he barks every time. Oh, it's and so good. I didn't see it. You are in reverse. When you're in reverse, <laughs> things come at you from behind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now I'm just going to have to watch Snatch again. Damn it. Oh, yeah. <sighs> so good. Uh, Justin, <laughs> you got anything to add? Um, I actually watched... Other than, other than Stay the Fuck Out of England? <laughs> um, I haven't watched all of it yet, but I've slowly been working my way through uh, Dahmer on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it's been really good. But it's like I can only do it in short bursts. It's like, fuck, man, that's so depressing. <laughs> yeah. Like he does the dude from American Horror Story does such a good job playing him, like the way he talks, the mannerisms, like everything. Mm-hmm. And it's entertaining. But it's like one of those things where by the end of the episode, you kind of sit there and you realize like, oh, fuck. Yeah, no, this like all happened. Like this isn't some fictional story like these people existed and they were, you know, eaten and butchered and melted down 
and their bones bleached and like put in a drawer somewhere. Yeah. It's uh I've I've read a lot of true crime stuff and like listened to a lot of like true crime podcasts that and all of them eventually get to Dahmer. Um Yeah, that's a real messed up story. Like from beginning to end, like early life Dahmer, late life Dahmer, like it's whew, it's a lot. So and it's crazy because there's so many times where, like, he should have gotten caught. Like, mm-hmm. there's been numerous times where he wasn't careful. It's not like motherfucker was Dexter laying, like, tarp and shit everywhere. Like, no, dude, he had, like, a bloody drill just, like, chilling on his fucking kitchen counter and doing whatever. Like, he wasn't careful at all. Like, there was, in the one episode, he had, like, garbage bags full of fucking human pieces and shit and he got pulled over and he had been drinking fucking beer and shit so it was all liquored up and the cops pulled him over and they asked him what was in the bag and he's like oh you know lawn clippings like my parents got divorced and so i can't sleep so i've been like doing the yard work or whatever they smell liquor on your breath he's like yeah i had a couple beers all right all right son like get home yeah. like when it just gets away i'm like dude come on or like the 14 year old kid who like almost escaped. He got outside and the neighbors called the cops and this kid couldn't even fucking respond. And he yeah. like shows up from the liquor store. He's like, no, that's my boyfriend. Yeah, no, I, I went to the liquor store because he gets like in fits of rage and I had to go buy him more alcohol. And yeah, no, he's totally 19 or whatever. And then mm. like, they don't question it. Don't whatever. And he just like goes back inside with them and then fucking kills them. And it's like, dude, well, like, that, because that, that is the era where like, Cops just didn't want to deal with people being gay. Yeah, so, like, that was the perfect so, like cover. Yeah, so if you were gay, it was just like, yeah, it's, it's just what gay people do, I guess. Let's just move on, you know? And so like that got him out of a ton of situations. Yeah, and especially where he lived, it was like the skid row of like, you know, meth heads and whatever yeah. fucking lived there. So it's like, and most of his victims and stuff were, you know, predominantly like homosexual black men. Mm-hmm. And stuff. It's like cop, cops ain't banging down doors looking for these guys. Let me tell you that much. Yeah. Especially so, in, especially in that era, you know? Yeah. Especially in that state <laughs> that he's yeah. in. Well, yeah. So, uh, that's, that's a, it's a hell of a story. Uh, like you said, not a, not an easy one on any, on any level to get through, but yeah. yeah. Um, also on Netflix, I, I need to finish it, but they've released a mini docu series too. That's about the GameStop stock. Oh, really? And like the yeah, okay. the entire story. It's a couple episodes. I only watched I think the first two or three. I think it's maybe like four or six episodes, but it's like about they kind of go deep dive into it too about even like how the stock market works and stuff and like why this was such a big deal and like how how this was able to happen and stuff and like the like science behind it or whatever of like this is how the stock market works and this is what shorting a stock is and this is mm-hmm. how they were able to take a stock that was 450 and then it peaked at $500 and this is why all these fucking Wall Street companies went bankrupt because they had to buy these stocks back and they cost them billions of dollars so they just went out of business it's insane um, it's still hard to believe that that was a thing you know right well, it's like NFTs. It's crazy when everyone was stuck at home and it's like, we just need to find ways to like make and spend money while we're all stuck at home. 
And then it's like, as soon as people got out of doors, it's like, yeah, NFTs, uh, that bullshit? No, we're done. Like, it's like, oh, crypto's cra- totally crashed and the NFT market's totally crashed. And it's like, oh, yeah, fucking shocker. Like, no shit. Like, yeah. People got back in the real world and started making actual money with actual jobs again. Yeah. You know, they're like, Dad, put your JPEGs away. We can go to Target again. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, I wanted to ask you what what's your best jump scare in a movie? Like, Ooh. and for Shannon, it's probably gonna be something like you know, the cat and alien or something <laughs> like which which counts totally counts but like i know just shannon hasn't seen a lot but like the best jump scare uh i think um like the best jump scare was in arachnophobia um when they open up the coffin that comes back from um i don't know wherever the fuck that spider comes from uh and it like jumps out like when they open it he's like looking around it's like not there i think i remember it jumping out it doesn't like crawl like out right away just like yeah jumps out and like nab somebody i think that pretty much terrified me um pretty good that was a pretty good jump jump scare Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the two i can think of that come off the top of my head one is more modern one's an older one from what like the old one is the original it when pennywise first comes out of the sewer as a kid that scared the fucking shit you have no idea what's coming and it's just like boom like out of the sewer scared the hell out of me like did not want to go near rain gutters like ever again right um in terms of more modern ones uh the one that i can think of that got me really good that i can last remember is uh it follows when they're they're in the room and the chick comes in like opens the door and there's the tall the monsters there like behind her and then like they kind of freeze and then he just like walks in like that scared the shit when she opened the door because it's like dark and you don't see it at Mm -hmm. first you realize oh there's legs and a torso and you can't even this thing so but it's it's so big you don't (laughs) recognize it as a person yeah Yeah. some slender man level person is standing in this doorway behind this person and like nobody realizes it that one got me really good what Um, about you so the classic ones are like the head coming out in jaws when they're underwater Mm, and, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden that like head floats out and it's just yeah that's a great one um the cat and alien and then the all time for me all time got me so good and the movie's not good but exorcist three the long hallway (laughs) build up it's this if you've never seen it it's worth watching just for this one scene it's like there's a bunch of unsettling shit going on and there's this long hallway shot and like you're in a hospital people are milling around but it's just, it's slow, just crawling down this hallway and you see a nurse at a station and she's like doing paperwork and it's just slowly getting closer to her and it's slowly and the music's kind of creepy, but there's nothing like, it's just unsettling. There's nothing really happening. You know, it's just like mood setting or whatever. And you're expecting it to like cut to a scene or something like that, but it just stays on her way too long. And then at the last second, a person that's all in like white sheets bursts out of the room with scissors and just gets her in the back of the head. And it's like the best goddamn jump scare. Like, you know, something's coming. You don't know what it is. And then it literally comes out of the left and it's just like, holy crap. Like it just gets you. I know it's coming now and it still gets me, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, it's just done so well. 
It's so good. Um, yeah. Before it follows, I would say Insidious 1, too, when they're sitting at the table and the, the demon or behind the guy where it's like the half face. Yeah. Like that was because it happens so quick and then the music spikes up in that like two seconds when it happens it's just like woof and then it's over it's not necessarily a jump scare but the clap game in uh conjuring and yeah that, yeah yeah where the hands come out in the back mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. a good one like... <laughs> yeah that's, that's a good one and then uh uh what was uh oh uh, hereditary when you realize the the cult members in the room, like, but it's so dark and you can't see anyone, you know? And then all of a sudden there's just like a shape in the corner and you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Dude in hereditary, dude, I think I jumped when hit the fucking signer or the chair out the window that scared the shit. I was yeah. doof. <laughs> like, well, it's just the noise of it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It was the same thing happened in uh, Insidious 3, I think it was, when the chick like fell like, on top of the car and just like the body hits the car and like shattered. We saw it in theaters. It's so fucking loud. It is, they're just walking down the street and it's like, dude, 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 and the body just hits the car and like shatters it. It's like, dude, was not expecting that. Yeah, no, it's it. And there's some just great ones. There's just some great ones. Uh, does it, does, okay, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, does it count as a jump scare? when the girls in the house and all of a sudden just door flies open sledgehammer to the back of the head she gets thrown in door slams shut and it's just like it's all like in three seconds that leatherface kills that the one girl with, i would when say like, that counts because it happened so quick i would say that counts because i know like for the strangers and stuff like when he's like in the hall and then like slowly kind of it's like oh, dark and they yeah. did that's not a jump scare but that was scary but it was more suspenseful. So it's like, I don't count that as a jump scare because it For happens sure. so slow because it just slowly kind of fades in and then like quick and then he's gone. But yeah. I would say the Texas Chainsaw one counts as a jump scare. Okay. Cause that, that, that's one that always got me too. And then uh, not necessarily a horror movie, but in seven when uh, the dude that's been bound to the bed for a year is still alive. <laughs> that got me. Yeah, that got me in the movie theater when all of a sudden, like the cops out there, like you got what you deserved, and then he starts kicking and screaming, and you're like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a good one. Uh, oh, audition when the bag starts moving. That's you ever seen audition? I don't, I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, mm, okay. <laughs> put that on your October list. I'm not going to say all anything right. more about it. I feel bad that I said that much, but uh, it's okay. So audition, yeah, it's audition. It's a Japanese okay. horror movie. Oh, okay. Uh, and and who the less you know about that, the better. Just uh, yeah, that's a great one. Well, all right, that was a fun conversation that Shannon wasn't part of. Um, <laughs> I hope he got good time checking his phone while we were doing that. And uh, all right, uh, have we done it? Is that a show? I think we've done it. All right. Well, Justin, why don't you uh, take us in for a landing? You know what, guys? Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the That Picks Life podcast. I'm glad that uh, Zach was back this week. It was always a pleasure. I miss my boy. Yeah. And, you know, if you miss, miss him too, you know, go on over to the Discord. You know, why don't you tell us about some of your jump scare movies, whether they're suspenseful 
or jump scares, you know, tell us tell us what spooky movies you're going to be watching this October. And, uh, you know, while you're at it, why don't you go on over to Spotify? Give your boys a review. Let us know uh, how we're doing. And, uh, Zach, if uh, Robbie was here, what do you think Robbie would say? Robbie would say, the Bulldogs and the Falcons both won. Best weekend ever. <laughs> you better go be great. Woo! <laughs> Shannon getting all up on the mic again and not I saying anything. Underwhelming, <laughs> man. I don't always have something to say.